Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Catholic Truth Podcast, where we teach and preach the Catholic faith, which comes down over 2,000 years from Jesus and the apostles. We want to help you to know your faith, love your faith, and live your faith with purpose and passion, and even be able to defend it and be inspired by it. Sometimes on this show, we have guests who are experts in their field, or who are authors of books, or who just have amazing stories to tell. And today, we have one of those amazing stories of Father Peter Adansky. I hope I'm not massacring that. Uh, he was a successful businessman and who is now a Catholic priest. How did that happen? Um, Father Peter was married in 1974 and he received an MBA in professional accounting from Rutgers and he became a CPA and worked for Arthur Anderson LLP for two years before going to Johnson & Johnson and having a very successful career there at 20, starting at 26 years old. During his 17 years, he orchestrated several major deals, including the acquisition of a disposable contact lens that Johnson & Johnson had renamed, and he also established a partnership, among other things. His corporate career ended as CEO of a $400 million New Jersey company that manufactured foam pillows and mattresses, so he's had a quite a career, and that's just a small smidget of it. And I'm super excited for Father Peter to come on the show and be with us today. So welcome, Father Peter. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Brian. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah. Uh, so Father Peter, I'm so interested to know, um, wow. <laughs> I mean, you're <laughs> extremely you know, successful businessman. You were married. You have a, a beautiful son. And Maybe just start at the beginning, kind of give us the condensed view of it all. Um, how did you get into all of this in the first place? Yeah, I mean, I'm a cradle Catholic, Brian, and I've always loved the church and the Lord. And growing up, particularly in my teen years, I felt a strong calling uh, to the priesthood. I thought it was God calling me. I learned later that it wasn't God calling me. It was me talking to God. Uh, I would go to the rectory on weekends and talk with my first cousin twice removed about my vocation. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit, who's been involved in my life throughout my life, you know, said, hold on there, young man. you got to meet this lady. I was 19 years old and met Kathy. Kathy and I met January 23rd, 1973 and married June 8th, 74. We were married for 40 years, four months, and two days. What is counting? That's the CPA. Uh, I lost Kathy uh, in October, October 10th of 2014, in my living room. I was stroking her hair, telling her how much I appreciated her, sharing her life with me, giving me a son, uh, telling her that she was about to see the face of Christ. And I was reciting the Lord's Prayer when I watched her take her last breath a more holy, peaceful death you and I should be lucky to have. And the Lord left me alone for a couple of months, and then he started waking me up in the night. And after several nights of just saying, Lord, I want to go back to bed, sleep, uh, I got up and I went into the living room. I turned on a dim light and I, clear as day, I heard the Lord say, now you're mine. And I contacted Bishop Caggiano. He accepted me into uh, formation for the priesthood. And four years later, I was ordained on June 1st, 2019. And I have truly been blessed throughout my life. I was had a very successful business career. 
uh, made a ton of money, uh, owned three homes when Kathy passed, drove a big S-Class Mercedes, paid cash for it. Uh, and now I drive a Subaru Outback and have sold my homes. Uh, and, and I couldn't be happy. I could not be happy. I wake up every morning thanking him for saying that I'm going to do everything that day for his honor and glory and thanking him that I'm a priest in his church. Truly blessed. Amen. Amen. I love that, you know, synopsis. And I want to talk about more of the joy that you do have as a Catholic priest. But I would love to back up and kind of, you know, get your mindset of who you were in college and, you know, kind of what you wanted to achieve and conquer and how you got into the business world, how you succeeded in it. Can you give us an overview of your success in the business world? Sure. My undergraduate degree is in psychology. Kathy and I were both psych majors. Um, after I met Kathy, I met her father, who was in business. He was a VP, CFO of a big construction company. And, you know, I saw the kind of lifestyle that he was able to provide. And that kind of turned my head from psychology to business and finance and accounting. And so I modeled myself after my father-in-law, Ken. And... I set out going to graduate school with the intention of getting out, getting my uh, CPA license, and then going to work for Johnson & Johnson. And I executed that plan. I walked into J&J &J after two years of working for Arthur Anderson. I had offers from all of the big accounting firms at that time. And I chose Arthur Anderson because of their professional education program. Figured if I'm going to spend two years being an auditor, I want to get as much out of this as I can. And then I went into J&J, &J, got the interview and walked out with the job and started working for J&J &J in 1979. Like I, you pointed out in my background, my CV, I, I had a very successful career there. And then I went into the wonderful world of private equity. You know, while at J&J, &J, I was the guy who did the deal that became the AccuView disposable contact lens and also that high-intensity sweetener Splenda uh, that's on the market today. And both products are huge businesses, over a billion dollars in sales each year. Uh, and then I went into private equity and made a ton of money there. And you know, was the CEO at the end of my career, my business career, uh, of a manufacturing company with 26 uh, manufacturing plants, uh, 2,600 employees and 13 manufacturing plants, excuse me, from Washington State to uh, Florida. And I had a blast. I loved that. You know, had a nice retirement dinner and then sailed off into the sunset and got accepted at the into Pope St. John the 23rd uh, National seminar, Seminary. It's really an international seminary. While there, there were 74 men in the house you know, these are all second career men. They were airline pilots, jet fighter pilots, military people, CEOs like myself, CFOs, marketing people, veterinarians, doctors. It was a blessed time in my life to mingle with these folks and talk about our relationship with the Lord and how we can support one another. And I'm still very close with my classmates. And we That's beautiful. Um, could you back up and describe now a lot of people when they are successful or they have to climb the corporate ladder or you know they become a big business to do 
they kind of lose their faith or they compromise or they get sidetracked. Did that ever happen to you? Did, were you very faithful throughout this career? Did you stay Catholic? Did you, did, what, what issues did you encounter or were you a faithful Catholic the whole time? Yeah. Well, here's what happened. Uh, yes, I was a faithful Catholic all the time. I was known uh, throughout my business career as somebody with high integrity. Uh, I was not going to do anything to cross the line in business. I don't care if it cost me millions of dollars in business. You know, I, I kept my moral compass set. Having said that, while at J&J, climbing that corporate ladder, I can distinctly remember Kathy coming into my office at home and her standing by my desk and saying, Peter, you know, you cannot serve both God and mammon. And your mammon is becoming your climb up that corporate ladder. And, you know, you're not praying as much as you used to. And you're putting your family at risk. And it really woke me up. It truly did. And I'm so grateful that Kathy you know, did that. And so I, I refocused myself on my family, having Jesus at the center of our marriage, and still, you know, earning my pay but not letting it be the God that I serve. Amen. So I think that's a struggle with anybody who is in the working world, who's in the business world. It's it's so easy to get caught up in those things because you get more money and then you buy nicer things and then you buy bigger houses and nicer things and you need more money and it's a constant cycle and there's this fear that you're going to lose it. There's fear that you're not going to have enough, even though you have more than enough, but it's not more than enough for the lifestyle you start living. So it's so easy to see how money can become a God in our lives. And I love the fact that your wife called you out. I love the fact that you were humble enough to accept it. And I love the fact that you were able to make the changes in your life that allowed you to still serve God without being able to be overtaken by the money as well. Because having money is not bad, but when the money has you, that's the problem, right? Exactly. That's what was happening. You know, as I said, when Kathy passed, we owned three homes. And those three homes were full of furniture and artwork and, you know, beautiful things. But they weren't just things. And, you know, I had to have those things. You know, I had already, as I said, I was driving a big S-Class Mercedes. And I had picked out my next car after that Mercedes. And it was going to be a Bentley. And I would pay cash for that. Now, did you feel like, did you have any sort of pride when you did that? Or did it feel good to be able to do that, that other people couldn't do? I, no, I've never been that type of person. I don't look at others and try and, you know, judge them against me. You know, I just, it's enough to deal with yourself <laughs> and stay humble. Mm -hmm. and, and, and in business, you know, I purposefully, you know, would get to know the, the guy sweeping the shop floor uh, in the evenings, as well as, you know, the top executives and everybody in between. Yeah, and I think this is a good lesson for everybody out there to learn humility. You know, this is what Jesus did. He washed people's feet and he was the king of heaven and earth. And Father Peter was this super successful million dollar, hundred million, hundreds of million dollars 
companies, you know, CEOs, and he's still talking to the lowest of the low person, so to speak, um, even though we all have the same dignity, you know, and I think that's important to do to not lose sight of other people to not stop serving other people, no matter who we are, where we're at. I remember sometimes when I get invited to speak at churches, I remember I got, I think it was in um, Wareham or Massachusetts or something. I was invited to speak at a conference and the guy who invited me was flabbergasted to say the least that I was in the back washing dishes. And he, I remember to this day that he ripped the sponge out of my hand. He's like, no, you are the big speaker. You're here for, no, we should be serving you. You don't serve us. No, get out. And he pushed me, but I was like, I didn't want a big head. So I wanted to serve others as well. So I wanted to make myself useful. So I, I'll never forget that day that I do try to still serve. I do try to, you know, think of others before myself, you know, no matter how high I go in speaking or who I'm speaking to or whatever. And I think that's a good lesson for everyone to learn that the Lord Jesus did that at the height of his career. You know, he left thousands and thousands of people to go help one possessed person. How many people would have stayed with the thousands of people like, no, no, it's okay. No, it's not me. It's all you guys. You know, we love praise. We love all of that. But Jesus left all that to help even just one person when he got no praise at all. So I think that's a great lesson. Father, let's transfer <clears throat> transition into um, a little bit about your priesthood. Um, I know you you went into a later seminary, you became a priest. Talk to us just briefly about your priesthood now, you know, your your joys, the challenges, you know, just becoming a priest in general, what it means to you. It, it means everything to me. <clears throat> uh, I'm here, you know, to serve, not to be served, as Jesus said. Uh, I couldn't be happier in my priesthood. Is it frenetic at times? Is it exhausting at times? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I sleep so well. <laughs> and I wake up refreshed and happy to wake up saying, yes, I have another chance to do it again today and do maybe more today and help somebody new today. I love my priesthood. I love, there's nothing you know, is better than celebrating Holy Mass, uh, you know, being able to say those words of institution, you know, where I consecrate bread and wine into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thing. And I, I never take it for granted. It hasn't gotten old uh, in, in the least. <laughs> and then second most important thing I do is hear confessions to be that divine instrument of mercy, pardon, and forgiveness, and instruction. It's not, not easy to stay on that narrow path for any of us. We are all sinners. And so I take great solace and joy in being able to sit in that confessional. And, you know, when I started hearing confessions, I was signed up for an hour and 15 minutes, and sometimes I get one or two people now I'm in that confessional for a minimum of three hours at a, at a time. And I don't mind one. Wow. Bit. See, that's beautiful. I always love that. You know, priests are sometimes there, you know, for an hour, maybe they show up late, leave a half hour early if there's no one there. But, you know, you're made to make sure to be there for at least three hours. That's wonderful. Um, before we go, can you share the amazing experience that you had recently when you went to Rome and get to celebrate Mass there? Well, Brian, I'm intentionally celebrating my birthday this year. On July 18th, uh, last month, I celebrated my 70th birthday. So six months ago, approximately, I wrote to the Vatican saying, you know, I would love to come to Rome 
and be privileged to celebrate mass somewhere in St. Peter's Basilica on my birthday. And I was granted that privilege. Not only did I celebrate mass in St. Peter's Basilica on my birthday, but I got the rare opportunity to celebrate mass in the Clementine Chapel over the tomb of St. Peter. So Father Peter in St. Peter's over the tomb of St. <laughs> Peter on my birthday. And serving with me was a, a dear priest friend of mine, Father Severio Moran. He's from Rome, he's lived there all his life. I hadn't seen him in 21 years. He con-celebrated with me, along with his sister was there too in the chapel. And neither one of those two people had ever been in that place. And he worked in the Vatican. He was 86 years old, had never been where I got the privilege to celebrate Mass. Wow. You vest upstairs in St. Peter's on the main floor, and then you have to walk through a portion of St. Peter's Basilica to get to their stairway where there are guards to allow you to go down to the tomb of St. Peter. And I got vested. And on that walk, it hit me who I was, where I was and what I was about to do. And it was in a really emotional moment for me. And I kind of had to smack myself and say, all right, snap out of it. You've got to go downstairs now and celebrate Holy Mass. And I will never forget that that mass. And I brought my own chalice with me. So I have that chalice. And now when I use it, you know, I'm immediately transported back to the tomb of St. Peter. It, I will Amazing. bring this moment, this memory th throughout the rest of my earthly pilgrimage to my grave. Amen. Amen. What an amazing experience, you know, kind of where it all started, you know, with the first Pope who was martyred in Rome for being a Christian, you know, and right there at that site, over the site of where St. Peter was buried, you got to celebrate mass. Like there's not many better experiences on the face of the earth that that that's just amazing. And I'm, I'm sure that priest was jealous of you too. And <laughs> glad he got to con celebrate with you. So praise God. Um, before we leave, do you have any final thoughts to people working in the world, to other priests, to, you know, is there anything on your heart or mind that you really just want to share at all? Yeah, sure. For the people that are in the work workforce today, it's not easy out there. You know, lots of people are saying we're in a post-Christian world. And I want to urge you, exhort you, encourage you to not lose your faith, not lose your moral compass, no matter how enticing things can get in the workplace or how driven some of these workplace environments can become, stay true, stay true, stay true to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Believe me, you could never make a better choice. And what about um, to priests? Do you have any message for priests? To my brother priests, you know, they look at me as a baby, you know. <laughs> I've only been a priest now for a little over four years. A baby with feeling. a lot of experience. Amen. I wouldn't be the priest I am today if I hadn't had that experience. You know, Of course, God had a better plan for me than I had for myself. But to my brother priests, if anyone is watching, listening, um, <clears throat> you know, for those of you who have been in, in ministry for quite some time now, decades perhaps, uh, you know, my heart goes out to you, you know, having lived through, you know, the sexual abuse scandals, uh, the changes in, in secular society. You know, we're no longer the big Catholic communities that we were decades ago. You know, when I grew up, 
weekend masses were chock-a-block for That's not the case today. So my heart goes out to those priests, and I tell them that I pray for them, uh, that I will continue to pray for them, and encourage them to find joy in what you're doing. Amen. And Father Peter has a lot of, this is just a short, short overview of his life. We were blessed to be able to hear his talk at the Young Catholic Professionals chapter here in Connecticut. And he gave a long expose of his life, which was phenomenal. And he delivered a lot of wisdom of working in the world and of of achieving and losing and finding and so much more. So, you know, periodically, we'd love to have him back on this channel to share his wisdom with us, to share what he's learned, to help all those people in the world who are struggling, losing, finding, looking, seeking, and so much more. There's so much of us who are just, even good Catholics struggle mentally, physically, uh, sociologically, emotionally, many times, spiritually. Many of us don't even know that God loves us and we go to church every Sunday. So, you know, you know, from time to time, we'll have Father Peter back to share his wisdom with us to inspire you. But I want to thank you for coming on our show, Father Peter, and thank you for sharing all of your thoughts with us today. God bless you, Brian. And God bless you. And God bless all of you who are watching today. Please check out our show description notes below. If you would like to follow us on social media, support our ministry, or if you would like a Catholic speaker at your parish or conference. And most of all, please keep praying for us and our ministry and all the people we reach. We're always praying for you. God bless you.